Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. I'm your host, Ryland Turner. I'm joined, as always, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. It is episode seven of of this, and uh, one of us has been dealing with COVID. Yes. Let me tell you about my week. So, Wednesday, I go to work. I'm feeling kind of like my, my legs are sore, but I'm working a long day. So I'm like, I chalk it up to that. Go home, eat a couple of sandwiches, go to bed. Thursday morning, 5 a.m., wake up, and I'm just shivering. Shivering like I've never shivered before. And this is my first time with COVID. So, like, it was the first three days were pretty hellacious. I, I'm on day four now, or I guess this is. I don't know exactly what it is anymore, but either way, um, I'm, I'm having a hell of a time with it. So it's, uh, it's going to be a rough show for me. Uh, I'm going to be talking pretty slow and, uh, Kyle's gonna, Kyle's gonna help me get through this. Aren't you Kyle? <laughs> uh, we'll try. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll be fine. We always are. Uh, but a bit of housekeeping off the top. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm, I think yes. Rowan's also pretty excited about this. I am. I am. So <clears throat> both of us are big fans of the WWE game WWE 2K22. It has released to some pretty positive reviews, especially compared to 2K20, which was an unmitigated disaster that one of us and not both of us purchased. Yep. Um, <clears throat> um, but Rylan and I have been a long fan of playing the the universe mode. We like uh, booking things through and doing a bunch of weird options. And cre- I, I've always been a fan of creating wrestlers in this. And so we, uh, for years in these series, I've created wrestlers and Rylan's created some wrestlers. And we've had them, you know, either fight or, or do different things or talk about this, like potentially starting a promotion and, with the content sharing existing on this particular one, version, we decided to go for it. So this will be something that will show up in your, um, it should be available in the show notes. <clears throat> if you want to check out the link to All-Star Pro Wrestling Association, it is our modern throwback uh, wrestling association we've created a roster of 38 wrestlers and counting we're going to start doing uh bouts we, we have some title belts we've got some old school looking uh, arenas we got logos it's it's looking pretty good i'm i'm pretty excited about this yeah we did this very much so in the vein of like 80s 70s southern yeah. wrestling um we that so it's gonna have that vibe. Um, I'm pretty proud of, of the work we've put into this. Uh, it is certainly, um, it certainly really, really looks good. Everything looks good, and I'm very excited for everybody to be able to check this out on YouTube. So we will throw a link to in the description of this podcast to the the, to the YouTube channel. We'll also be posting it all over social media. So check out our social medias for. For that, uh, we'll be streaming to this live. The hope is to get a regular broadcast time. 
Uh, we're going to get that to be determined. But in the meantime, if you see us go live, there will be some matches available. And we're going to be setting up for uh, the debut episode of uh, ASPWA Wrestle Night um, and a date to be determined, but uh, coming to you very soon. So yes, we'll keep you posted on this. We're very both very excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and just like a, a level of levity to wrestling that is always nice, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of silliness that comes with it for sure. And uh, I'm a big fan of that. So, and I'm sure Alan, as you know, uh, is as well. So yes. Yeah. Uh, feel free if you are so inclined feel free to check that out uh, give us a subscribe over there and uh, yeah if this is your thing share it with some friends we're always happy to to get the word out absolutely absolutely so all right uh, let's get into this news Ron. yeah it's it's time for the Wednesday night rewind or so uh, the Wednesday night roundup wow all right I got that COVID brain here we go so there's been some news. Um, most of it is pretty, pretty awful. But uh, we'll start with the, uh, the the strangest, I think, of the three stories that we have to talk about this evening. Uh, L.A. Park and his family have been fired from Major League uh, Wrestling for going off the script and injuring MLW talent at a recent live event. Um. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, uh, L.A. Park and his family, uh, El Hilo de L.A. Park and L.A. Park Jr. went into business for themselves, throwing real punches during the March 31st MLW Intimidation Games event in Dallas. Um, And the group got considerable heat due to rough, uh, rough... Getting rough, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> during a post-match run-in with Alex Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu. Um, this was supposed to set up a match between Fatu and uh, Park, but it, it appears that because of the fact that they, you know, went into business for themselves and were using reckless chair shots, busting everybody open, um, they were fired on the spot. Um, I don't... So, something tells me this, this, this feels like an angle, but like considering that every news outlet is covering this like it's legit, I, I I'm less inclined to believe that. Kyle, what are your thoughts? This isn't something that's that's new to wrestling either. People have gone into business for themselves. You don't hear it as often. Now. No, that's that's what we say. Like it, it it's, but, it's it seems very rare in these these times. Like but I mean, it's, it hasn't been that long since uh, like Sexy Star, like those. Those type of incidents of you know shoot fights happening in a wrestling ring where or people are cut open and brutalized and stuff like that. that that stuff still does happen it's on a rarer occasion now but there's still a lot of ego in wrestling there's still a lot of weird behavior from people and you know it is really unfortunate because it's incredibly dangerous and you have an opportunity to potentially really seriously hurt people. And that's the big, the biggest thing I think is the reason you have to fire people in those situation is how do you get a wrestler to get back in the ring and trust you? Yeah. Because if you can't trust the person you're working with to at least try to have your best intentions in mind, then how on earth do you get back in the ring with them? 
Oh, absolutely. Like that's, uh, that's, that's numero uno is you got to trust the person that, that's standing across from you. And it, these guys are going to not only just going into business for themselves, but like with chairs, uh, fat two went under, it went into concussion protocol at the hospital, like after being busted open with a chair shot, like that's, that's pretty sick. Like that's pretty sick. Um, moving on to something worse. Um, NXT tag team champion, former tag team champion, I guess at this point, Nash Carter has been released by the WWE. Uh, this guy has come under fire for a lot of uh, allegations coming step stemming from his estranged wife, uh, Kimberly, who I believe is uh, known in uh, in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's a wrestler who's been in that sort of Impact. Like, I don't know if ROH, but like in that sort of area, the you know. The American wrestling scene. She's been around for a few different companies. Did she just wrestle Chikara? I can't remember. I I, I can't follow well. Um anyway, uh she uh she's been basically talking about this on Twitter for the last couple of weeks. Uh I was actually very surprised to see MSK go over in that match uh on NXT. But um yeah, so it, the allegations aside, a picture of this guy released with uh, a Hitler mustache and uh, doing a, a Nazi salute. Um, this, I guess, is just like the, 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 the point where WWE just goes, okay, we're not doing business with this anymore. Um, Kyle, thoughts on this? It's an HR situation. Like, as soon as HR has to get involved and we have to hear the words, hit, uh, you know, Nazi salute, that's about time when when uh, you're going to be getting your walking papers. Whatever comes of these allegations, whatever happens with regards to their um, to their marriage and the terrible situation related to to that, uh, now it would appears to be a, a pretty ugly divorce. First of all, to wrestling Twitter, stop. Yeah, absolutely. Don't go after these people. Don't involve yourself with these people. Don't take sides publicly and take your stand, you know, towards whatever it is, especially like for allegations of abuse, it costs nothing to say nothing. Mm -hmm. It is free 99 to not post. So I suggest to a lot of people who are thinking about it, just don't. Save yourself a lot of headaches in the future. And second of all, just it's an ugly situation. It is an unfortunate situation. It's a messy situation and it's temporary. Let these people deal with their lives and move on and stop worrying about the personal lives of the people that you follow professionally. Just watch them in the ring. And in this case, like, yeah, it's, is it, you know, you can, I haven't heard anything from, uh, from Nash Carter. I don't know if he's actually said anything. He has yet to make a statement about yeah. anything. And she's, she's gone so far as to deactivate her Twitter account now. Yeah. Which is not which surprising. is sad, which is sad. It is, like, but it's also super not surprising. And honestly, I think there'd be a lot of people who would be better off just not going on Twitter because it's, it's, kind of a terrible place a lot of the time yep. but the, the biggest thing is just like it is a, 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 a absolute best case 
it is an unfortunate circumstance of a person making a tasteless and unfunny joke and it going too far. Well, them's the breaks. You lost your job. That's unfortunate. I happen to think he was a good wrestler, but like, there's no way around it. WWE did not have a choice in the matter. And, you know, hopefully he grows up and maybe in time he'll be able to find someplace else to work. The wrestling business has no shortage of companies to work for. Um, I'm sure he will eventually pop up in one, but if you want to hurry along the situation um, to uh, to get to the place where you might be able to have a career again, I would suggest starting with the word sorry. I would suggest uh, deference to people that you offended, understanding as to why they are offended and justifiably so, and just not doing that kind of stuff ever, ever, ever again. So that's what I would go with, but that's me. And, and Kyle, for, for for pro wrestling, when we have to deal with stuff like this and then transition into yet more stuff like this, uh, it's it's even more difficult to cover this, this industry, um, especially in my condition. <laughs> Fair, fair. Uh, Gunther debuted on SmackDown this week. I watched SmackDown live. Uh, fuck SmackDown, man. Fuck, fuck all those shows. <laughs> but it's just, it's fucking like, I waited an hour and 20 minutes for Roman Reigns to tell me what was next. And all he said was that the Usos were going to win the other tag belts. And I'm like, Fuck off. Are you serious? We gotta wait another week for this shit. That's why I don't watch these shows anymore. But anyway, so Gunther made his debut. Actually, so did uh, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, newly named Raquel Rodriguez. Um, uh, That's such a... I don't know the reason for that change, aside from just making a change for the sake of making a change. Her last name has already changed once in this company. What was it before? I can't remember what she was before she was Raquel Gonzalez. She was, I know she was Raquel something, but it, it doesn't matter. She's, we're here now. That's fine. I'm glad she's on the main roster. She's very talented. Um, I did not know that she was with Braun Strowman. Yeah, apparently they've been dating for a little bit. Um, all the all the weddings that happened this week. Uh, congratulations to Alexa Bliss and, and Carmella and Corey Graves. Uh, they're all they all got married this week. Uh, Twitter has just been the happiest place in the world with wrestling <laughs> wrestling yeah. weddings. Uh, always cool to see, uh, man. Like wrestlers just going out and you know getting in there in their finest, looking good, posing for pictures. It's a good time. Yes, man. It it looks like in warmer places. It, it looks like actual summer right now. Yeah, whereas where we live, there's still snow on the ground. It's it's a it's a cold cold hell. Um, yeah. So so Gunther showed up on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we're, we're going off on weddings. Um, and he was introduced by uh, the former um, Marcel Bartel the now Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, 
Ludwig Kaiser. There's a I know. Lot. So, about two hours before the show, he was going to debut as Ludwig Klaus, according to Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, so, that guy's a Nazi. Um, and I just can't believe they keep letting this get past. Like, who's who's the person who keeps just going like, ah, it's probably not a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Special attention <coughs> needs to be paid to um, old German names. Yeah, uh, I would, especially the I way would. you combine them. Because because oh, this is how I feel like Ludwig Kaiser came to be. Is they figured out that Ludwig Klaus was a Nazi, and they went fuck. What what's what else is German? Uh Kaiser bun. Well, we'll call him Ludwig Kaiser. Next week he'll be eating a bun, guaranteed. So, like, here's the thing. I don't want to be that guy. Ludwig Kaiser isn't the name you give to a German character in the year 2022. No. Ludwig Kaiser is the name you give to a German character uh, who gets who is going to be like very quickly killed off in an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> like, um, like the, Marcel Bartel maybe you just didn't want to have that name or whatever it is, but like. There's lots of, there's so many German names that don't have to go like, okay, let's go with Beethoven's first name. And well, Kaiser was the, uh, before it was bred, uh, Kaiser was the head of state in Germany uh, during the First World War. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so like uh, Kaiser Wilhelm, for example, was the was the uh, head of state of Germany during the during the First World War and in the lead up to it. So, like, yeah, it's German. I mean, like, it's it is almost as though WWE needs to tell their fans that these guys are German. Um, so. My point in all this is basically they're going with such on-the-nose names for this guy, such an on-the-nose name for this guy that finding out that the almost name they chose was was a Nazi name is like yeah, that just that's how it goes. Like and yes, is it unfortunate that were there were a lot of Nazis. Yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate. It's a it's a dark part of history that there were there were quite a number of prominent Nazis. That means there's a lot of names you probably have to avoid um, when you're naming your characters. But you know you know who didn't have a Nazi name? Uh, Marcel Bartel. Yes, he just and, had a regular German boy name. Yeah, he's. Because he's a German person. Like, yes. 
Yes. And and I but I do I do believe it's like not only is it a German name, but I believe his father was a wrestler with the same name. So it's like got some German wrestling lineage to it. So Yeah. Like and it's it's the thing where I mean that's like, never mind the fact that they changed Angel Garza's name, which is like what the entire point of his character was that he was, you know, prominent wrestling family. You know, I Nah, we don't do that here. It wasn't. It wasn't the first company. Um, but like, man, these central casting names are kind of sad. But yeah, it, it is what it is. I guess they're gonna do. They're gonna keep doing this, and we're gonna have Gunther and Butch. There's, there's a title match. Let's have Gunther and Butch. It would be a great match that I just couldn't take seriously. But here we, there we are. There we are. They've had a title match before, actually. Yeah, they, they had a, a classic in NXT. They did. As they Pete did. Dunn and Walter. I, I don't see that on their horizons. You, you love them as Pete Dunn and Walter. Now. They're uh, back as Gunther uh, and Butch. The uh, rabid dog versus that Austrian guy. I mean, I am glad they're not acknowledging that Walter is Austrian. That's that's good. But I just assumed they were going to call him German. Do the uh, the um, we call it the Rusev. <laughs> yeah, that that's what they did. Uh, no, no, it was uh, it was an interesting debut. He squashed some guy really quickly. Hit him with a power bomb. He's lost a lot of weight. That guy. Uh, Gunther is is looking trim, uh, yeah, but anyway, getting out of the news, let's let's get into some some AEW, shall we, Kyle? Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, well, I guess you're gonna go first as as always because of the yes. whole chronology thing. Uh, AEW was alive April sixth from Boston, Boston. Yes. Um. We had the Owen Hart Foundation uh, men's uh, tournament qualifying matches happening this evening. Um, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur on commentary, as always. Uh, The show opens with Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. Uh, I I don't have notes, uh, but I'm just going to run through a few of the spots. And this this match was fucking great. This was Christian's best match since he got to AEW. Uh, this is one of one of Adam Cole's best, best matches since he got to AEW. Uh, this was just a perfect placement for this uh, opening match. And, dude, this crowd was incredible. The entire show. The entire show. And there was a spot, at least one or two spots, where they had no reason to be uh, as incredible as they were. But this was great. Uh, Christian hit a tornado DDT at one point. Cole hits him with the the big boot into the corner. Um, Christian gets sent into the the steel steps and just takes it like face first at, at one point. Uh, this was just ridiculous for somebody who has concussion problems. I was like, that was nuts. I don't understand that one, but whatever. I guess this is this was the week of older guys doing things they probably shouldn't with their bodies. Um, we go to a commercial break and we come back. Uh, 
Christian t- jumps to the outside from the top rope and crashes down on Cole. Um, Cole gets back in at five. Uh, whereas Christian gets back in at seven, selling the fact that he uh, he really took a hard bump on that one. Uh, basically, this match ends with the Panama Sunrise, uh, which Christian kicks out of. Uh, he stands up, Cole pokes him in the eyes, lowers the knee, hits the boom, one, two, three. Uh, the post-match saw Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish come out and attack Christian Cage, which brought out Jurassic Express, even the odds. Um, Cole was standing in the ring, and then Hangman, Hangman Page's music hits. Um, he gets in the ring, and he basically just says that he's not fighting him until he's good and ready. Uh, and Hangman slaps him across the face and says, look at me while I'm talking to you, bitch. And I was just like, oh, fuck. This is really getting interesting. Says he's going to give him another title shot. Uh, next week's live rampage in Texas. And it's going to be a te- Texas death match. Cowboy shit. Oh, oh, my God. Cowboy shit chance erupt. And uh, yeah, we're getting a year next week. You're getting a. a Texas death map, Kyle. Are you excited? Um, yeah, should be good. Very do you, exciting. Do you, do you think that Adam Cole has a chance to take the belt off him at this point? That's possible. Like, I mean, at any point, I think there's a possibility they'll take it off of him, but it's hard to say. We'll see. Uh, our first Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifying match was Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. Max Caster comes out. Uh, he gives. <laughs> what was the rap? Um, God, he's basically said that they were beating him in the him in the ratings while he was champ, which Joe appreciated. He said that he was nothing but X division, which Joe appreciated. Uh, he basically what what the rap was, I, I can't remember word for word now, but it, it looked like Joe appreciated the rap. The crowd did as well. Uh, but this match was as soon as the bell rang, Joe just took control and just killed this guy. <laughs> He hits him with a suicida elbow. Um, He takes him back into the ring, uh, hits the muscle buster, and that's it. Like Samoa Joe looks dominant as all hell, looks like in really good shape. So pretty excited for that. Uh, However, after the win, we go to Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, who are on the uh, Titan Tron. Lethal said for months he tried contacting Joe, but apparently Joe only answers the phone for billionaires. Lethal says that him and Dutt are going to give their teacher a present that he's never going to forget next week in New Orleans. Uh, thoughts on this? Um, weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what, what they're doing. I mean, it's, I, I'm happy to see Sanjay Dutt on, on network TV. It's, it's been, I don't think ever for him minus a few moments in WWE where a producer ran out, but other than that, William Regal, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson are at the back. Regal talks about how uh, on Friday, Trent Beretta is taking on Brian Danielson, and John Moxley is going to take on Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Danielson and Regal say that Yuta has uh, impressed them, whereas Moxley doesn't seem too convinced yet. 
Um, I, I, I've seen Rampage, so I know that we're going to talk about that later. Sean Spears versus Sean D. Uh, MJF's out on commentary. Uh, Sean Spears uh, is, you know, do, doing the, the bad guy stuff, working over the baby face. Uh, we cut to the back, though, and Wardlow is just killing uh, security guards left and right. All the security, the extra security that MJF has hired to uh, protect him from Wardlow at this point, he is just running through these guys, and the crowd is chanting Wardlow. Like, this is the, the whole place is just erupting. Finally, he comes out onto the floor. He just sh- stares down Sean Spears, and uh, Sean Spears gets rolled up quickly for the one, two, three. Your winner, the captain, Sean Dean. MJF comes down to the ring um, because Spears looks like he's going to try and go after Wardlow, and uh, he, he, he prevents that. Backstage, the best friends are cutting a promo, and uh, Chuck Taylor's trying to put over Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Trent Beretta basically says, like, I don't like this guy. He's, he's basically been the guy sleeping on your couch since I got hurt, and now I'm back, so why are you here? Wheeler Yuta takes exception to this, and then he even slaps uh, Chuck Taylor's hand away from him. We see footage of Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz attacking Chris Jericho and uh, the Appreciation Appreciation Society. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out and says that he's going to attack all of them on site. Uh, It doesn't matter if Jericho's with his wife and kids, he's going to attack them on site. doesn't matter if um, 2.0 is with their kids and families, they're going to attack them on site. It, this this was a this was a really great promo from from all three guys. Uh, next week we're gonna get um, a six man tag between Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston against Chris Jericho and I believe um, Jake Hager and D- Daniel Garcia. Um, he said he, at the end of this promo, he said he's gonna kick their asses, JYD and Butch Reed style, bitch. Jade Jade Cargill comes out and introduces her baddies section in Boston. I'm not sure exactly what this is. I don't know if this is just a portion of the crowd that likes her or, 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 uh, uh, I'm not sure what this was, but, uh, she then runs down Marina Shafir, who is her going to be her next opponent and the one that she's going to be going for her uh, 30th win against. So she'll be defending the title against her. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I'm assuming in the near future. MJF then challenges Sean Dean to a match next week. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to get some more Wardlow antics. Uh, Just so that you're aware, uh, Baddies is just like slang for supporters. Oh, okay. So that was just her her supporter, I guess, her supporting section, which is kind of cool, I guess. They all look like they'd hang out with Jay Cargill. They had the look going down. Uh, the next match was a tables match between the Butcher and Blade versus the Hardys. Uh, this this kind of sucked. Okay, so like the Hardys gonna die? No, it, it, it didn't suck because like that they were fine protecting the spots and whatever. Firstly, like this look that they they don't need to do this look anymore. Like Matt Hardy doesn't look good in his '90s gear. Can we can we just give them a new look? Can we get them out of the the skin tight like t shirts? 
uh, velvet t-shirts. Like, my God, he, <laughs> somebody on another podcast compared him to what Michael Hayes looked like when he was coming. <laughs> and Matt Hardy's older than Mike, Michael Hayes was at this point. At that point. Oh, it's true. Jesus. So can we get them out of these shirts? Number one, number two, uh, this, so this match was supposed to be like an elimination uh, tables match, tag team tables match, but like Jeff Hardy got eliminated and then came back at one point to prevent Matt Hardy from going through a table. So I guess because it was no disqualification, he didn't have to leave. Um, it, it was too confusing. Uh, it ended and it also it ended with Jeff swantoning um, Blade through the table through a couple of tables so the guy who was eliminated got the win tables matches should end after one table breaks yeah well i think we went through like six in this match so I, we uh so this is another throwback to our old uh, uh wrestling uh, video game days where you can set up a table elimination match so that everybody has to go through tables and it just just one table is like or or two tables stacked on top of each other is fine especially if you need to do something particularly dangerous but if it's a tables match the tables match should end after the first break of a table yeah i'm not disagreeing with you uh the hardys won this match um and they continue their their you know resurgence of the nineties, the late nineties. Uh, out comes Andrade with the rest of the Hardy or the Andrade family office. Uh, Sting comes out to even the odds. Uh, no Darby Allen, which was weird. Um, I don't. So that's the only thing that confuses me. Uh, are Sting and Jeff Hardy like bros now? Like we survived the worst years of TNA together, so we're we're brothers. I, I don't know exactly what the situation is, but needless to say, I'm just over this feud. I, I'm ready for the, everyone to just move on. They had, like, they had the match at the pay-per-view. Exactly. Exactly. They to be honest, I, there's, I, there's a lot of people I'd rather see Andrade wrestle at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, backstage, Christian Cage is angry. He throws his water bottle and walks off. Um, Jurassic Express then cut a promo on Red Dragon. They challenged them to a dynamite match next week. They mentioned in this promo that they're like, you're ranked number four, so you can't even really challenge us for the tag titles. So we're just going to defend them against you. And I'm like, well, that makes you stupid. Like, don't, don't, don't make yourself seem silly. Like, you didn't need that line in there. Like, keep them looking as hot as possible. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. Especially if you're the one laying down the challenge. Hey, losers, try and beat us. And their faces. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, do you we'll, think that... We'll, they... get, we'll get the feuds making people look worse, because, boy, do we have one of those coming up. Do you think that Red Dragon has a chance to win the titles next week? Oh, a chance, absolutely. I... I could see them going over. I just, to me, the question is what's Lucha Express doing without those tag titles? Because Red Dragon has a direction without the tag titles where we can just get Red Dragon fighting the Young Bucks, which why don't we just get Red Dragon fighting the Young Bucks? 
That's part of the reason why I think Adam Cole should lose uh, in the Texas death match. One, I think Adam Page should not lose Texas death matches. Sure. And yeah. two, um, like maybe a guy like Hager, if we're talking about, you know, that type of match should be like a Lance Archer. But two, they have a direction. Just do the fit. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, go pushing too hard for it, but I just think just do the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, up next, we had the Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifier for the females, uh, Julia Hart up against Hakaru Shida. Uh, Hart attacks Shida from behind before the match begins. Uh, she's still rocking the eye patch and still kind of acting weird. Uh, Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison are just flabbergasted by this and are questioning her, and she sends them to the back. Um, we go back, we go to commercial, come back. She does back in control. It's a stump suplex. Um, Hart goes for a bulldog. She gets one for a near, near fall. Then Sheeta comes back and it's a falcon arrow for the one, two, three. Uh, post-match, Serena Deeb comes out with a steel chair and Sheeta and her have a standoff with a chair and a kendo stick. So they're both in the tournament, I assume, and I am imagining the next match they have will be some point in this tournament. Uh, it should be a great one. Um, Julia Hart was the biggest heel on Twitter this weekend. Oh? Um, she pointed out on her page that she was born in 2001. She does this you, I'll let you yeah. sink, let that sink in. I work with somebody who was born in 2001. It's uh, it's awkward when you're talking about movies and you go, you've seen Ace Ventura. He's like, I don't know what that is. Jeez. That's, I know. Like, that came up before we were alive, man. Well, hardly. <laughs> hardly. Um, so. so Marino's uh, still chasing that Super Bowl. Swerve Strickland notes that he had a great weekend at the Grammys. Uh, I guess he went with some friends that picked up the Grammys for uh, Donda. Um, Did, like, was was uh, Hit Row nominated or, or what's no, going on there? No, he, he's, <laughs> friends, he's friends with some of these guys who won Grammys. There was pictures and everything, but he, he was at the Grammys. Cool, good uh, With a bunch of producers that won for Kanye West's album. Um, <laughs> And then he said he had not such a great week with Hobbs and Starks uh, when he got put through tables uh, with him and Keith Lee. Uh, he said that he has, he's got to go out handle some business. And then he gets him ambushed by Hobbs and Starks, which sounds like a cop duo. Uh, but whatever. Uh, Keith Lee gets, gets involved as well, and he puts Hobbs through a wall. Um, so this was like a paper-thin wall. So it didn't look too devastated, but, but I think the point was just to uh, put a man through a wall and they did it. They can say that they did it. Mm-hmm. Our main events, the AAA tag team championships and the ring of honor world tag team championships are on the line. The young bucks versus FTR two. Bobby Cruz from ring of honor makes his official uh, in ring uh, in uh, makes the official ring introductions for the match. FTR chants are booming in this place as they are the overwhelming baby faces for the first time. Uh, this is completely opposite to the first time that these two. So weird. It is. And dude, what a, this was bad, better than their first match, better than their first match. This was, oh. 
just a fantastic uh, match. Obviously, FTR with their classic offense. Um, the Young Bucks doing everything. Uh, hockey fights breaking out. FTR chance going throughout the entire match. Um, at one point, uh, they lock the Young Bucks in a sharpshooter, and the Young Bucks are holding on to each other to not tap out. And then they roll both of them over. Uh, Dax goes for a stereo excellence of execution uh, on one of them then a cannonball kick to the corner uh, to cash which sets the Young Bucks back into control Uh, there's a lot of Bret Hart stuff in here a lot of Bret Hart stuff so it's really leading me to believe that we might be getting Bret Hart apparently he called them Really? Uh, FTR, FTR claimed, and uh, I can't remember which, I think it was Dax who said, like, yeah, he, he definitely cried when he got a call from Bret Hart, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to the... Back, back distract to, you, sorry. Sorry, that's okay. That's okay. I'm just trying to go through, because there was so much in this match. There's a big pile driver on Matt that got a near fall. Um, cash cracks Nick with a belly-to-belly on, on the apron, which was just oh, devastating. Uh, there was a superplex. Um, Frankensteiner got nailed on Cash. Um, then Dax tags Cash in, and Matt tags Nick in. We get just a crazy, crazy combo from Nick uh, Jackson, as usual. Then he punts Dax in the head. Springboard face buster. Uh, and then Dax comes back with a brain buster on the outside to Nick. Um, the gory special for the kick or for the near fall. The crowd is just like at this point, just erupting. Um, the Bucks hit more bang for your buck. Cash kicks out again. Nick then grabs the Ring of Honor uh, tag team title and manages to get uh, Cash Wheeler in the head with it. Matt rolls him up with a handful of tights, but Dax makes the save. Uh, the Bucks hit a super kick to Dax, and that leaves him alone, cash alone for the BTE trigger, which they nail. They cover him one, two, and the foot on the rope um, from Cash Wheeler stops the pinfall. Um, the Bucks get nailed with a powerbomb tombstone pile driver. Uh, then the FTR uh, kisses Matt Jackson on each cheek, hit the B- BTE trigger on him, and then the big rig, and they get the one, two, three. FTR retains the two tag team titles. This was a great match. This was a great show. I don't do this often, so I'm going to give this show a five. Uh, I thought the only thing really was the tables match, and it wasn't even – it was just the, the way they, they booked the, the match that was confusing. Everything else on the show was fantastic. The crowd was one of the best dynamite crowds they ever had. And man, I'm so done talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go through Rampage in about 10 minutes. Brian Dennison, Trent Beretta. Uh, Regal's on commentary, calls the best friends half-wits. Uh, just basically wondering why Trent Beretta is wasting his time with these guys. Because he's very good. And he was very good in this match. This is a really, really good. Beretta sort of going toe-to-toe with Brian Danielson for most of this. He ends up among the highlights of this. Uh, he catches a suicide dive and turns it into a side to a suplex. 
a couple of superplexes in this match, a superplex, a vertical superplex and a back superplex later. Beretta has his tornado DDT spot. They counter finishers back and forth at one point, which is really cool. But the finish was some really good current modern Danielson. So he gets a knee strike and then a pile driver. And it's clear that Beretta's toast, but Danielson's not done. He just stomps his head in and then locks in. He looks like he's going to set up the LaBelle lock, but he just does a neck crank instead. Of course, Trent Beretta sell, you know, had surgery on his neck, so he's selling it and goes out really quickly. Uh, I thought Beretta looked great in this, but of course, Brian Danielson looking not just a very good wrestling, not just a very good wrestling match for him, but he looks brutal, which I think is the point of this. Absolutely. Uh, Hook does a quote-unquote interview. He doesn't say anything. He's eating chips. Uh, he then throws the bag of chips in the garbage uh, where Danhausen is waiting to curse him, but Hook can't be cursed. Danhausen's wondering if the power uh, to avoid curses comes from the chips, so he starts eating the chips that Hook threw out. Um... There was a promo, this lasted a few minutes, between Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Dan Lambert, and Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. You know how promos are supposed to make like people elevate people, make them look good? I don't know if I've seen a promo segment where I felt like everyone came out worse than when they went in. Sammy's upset. Like here, Sammy wants a title shot. Um Scorpio Sky is retiring the the title challenge, which you don't say that. You just don't do... He's retiring the open challenge. Like, that's not what a heel... The heels doesn't say that he's retiring the open challenge unless you want the heel to look weak. And Scorpio Sky is not a heel. You want to look weak. No, exactly. Sammy Guevara is making fun of people. Um... He calls Dan Lambert a sexist piece of shit. Um, and Dan Lambert responds with, starts a sentence with, I may be a sexist. And I'm going to point out, never start a sentence with the words, I may be a sexist. Because nothing you say after that really has any weight at that point. Um in this case, I may be a sexist, but I'm also a father is not <laughs> helping. Now we're bringing, now we're questioning your parenting. And apparently, so apparently uh, Sammy and Ty need to talk more about what they do in the ring and less about what they do in the bedroom, which like, man, and Sammy was talking about fighting his his guys. Like, what are we? This this was just bad. Um, everything about this was bad. Uh, even Page talked about how he's a father too, and he had the best line when he's just like, "And I'm a good one" because she's already in bed. Yeah, he talks. The yeah, he talks about how his his girl is in bed, but it's like. I'm excited for Ethan Page versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I already was because those guys are both good wrestlers. Do I think this promo made me more excited for it? No, it made me not want to see it. 
because that means the feud's going to keep going. Yeah, I know. Damn, Lambert's going to start more sentences with "I may be a sexist." Next week is "I may be a bigot." (laughs) Yeah, Dan, you might be. That's not heel heat. That's like heels are always at their best when they believe and I believe to some degree that they feel like they're right. And I think Dan Lambert thinks he's right. But I don't nothing Dan Lambert has done has added to any character that he's represented. No. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that. Like I I don't I didn't immediately hate this character, but I've no. grown to really hate every segment he's part of now. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and just him wearing that belt every week, it's just more and more irritating. But you know, yeah, that that's another thing. But you know what the weirdest thing about it is? It's that he's with these guys. Ethan Page showed he's a great promo. Scorpio right. Sky is a good promo. He's not, I don't think he's at Ethan Page's level, but he's like very good. He speaks with conviction. He knows how to, he knows how to sell himself as a heel. He can put himself over in a big way. Like he's always been able to do that. Ethan Page's nickname is all ego. Like, and he's earned it. If you're going to give Dan Lambert to somebody, why these guys? Yeah, I know. It doesn't quite make any sense to me either. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. We're going to talk later about a manager that I don't like, uh, or I don't particularly like uh, setting himself up to manage another talent. And then and I'm going to tell you, so that makes a lot more sense than this does. But like, or that actually makes sense. Where this just like, this didn't add anything. I, I don't want to hate Sammy Guevara's character. Uh, they talked about how he he's t- you know what he tweeted tonight? Should I get a neck tattoo? Yeah, I did see that. Um, sure, whatever. No, no, like because that's the obvious comparison is people are going, Oh, he's Cody Rhodes it now. Yeah. Uh and like man, it's unfor- it's unfortunate because like especially and I feel like what I'll say this about this is we moved him on too quickly from Jericho. Yeah. Because they never really had a chance to have a falling out with Sammy Guevara. The faction just sort of broke up and he never, and he like just sort of left. I feel like there's still resolved, unresolved business there. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him feud with Jericho before. He yeah, exactly. Him. He needed that rub. Yeah. Not just, think- I'm leaving my jacket in the ring and you guys fight each other. I feel like he should have fought Jericho for that title. Like, have Scorpio Sky take it from him after he beats Jericho, but let him have a defense first. Right. I don't mind Scorpio Sky with this title. And I don't mind that he doesn't have to fight Guevara to me. I'd Like, he can fight anybody. I don't care. But this feud is just giving me nothing. And I hate complaining about it, because otherwise this show was great. Right. Uh, Shane Strickland, QT Marshall, uh, QT Marshall, the receiver of the Jericho Sports Entertainer of the Week Award. Uh, more, give me more of this. <laughs> I want, I want the Blade to be the the Sports Entertainer of the Week. <laughs> I want Jose, the manager, to be Sports Entertainer of the Week. 
Uh, I want Excalibur to be Sports Entertainer of the Week. Just <laughs> give me more. Um, or Ricky Starks, because he's on commentary, too. Uh, let's. This was standard fare. A commercial in between this, which is kind of weird, because it was not that long a match. Strickland starts the offense. QT Marshall gets a little bit of a heel spot, but... Jumping flatliner, back heel kick for the victory. Uh, this was good. Perfectly fine match for Shane Strickland. Ricky Starks cuts off Strickland's music and says, we need a tag match. Explain that we need a tag match. So next week in New Orleans, which apparently is Ricky Starks' hometown. Yes. You're getting a tag match. Didn't they already have a tag match? Uh, they, they may have, yeah. They may have. All right. So Keith Lee and Keith Lee and Strickland will take on Starks and Hobbs, which is a good match, but Leshmas. Yeah. Anyway. Red Velvet versus Will and Nightingale. Apparently Red Velvet's a heel since we've paid not paid attention. I, I just noticed this on this show too. I was like, oh, there that's new. Uh Willow Nightingale is outpowering her, but Red Velvet is at speeding. We get a running, a missed running senton by Nightingale. Uh, she fires up with a suplex senton combination for two. Misses the moonsault. Velvet then gets her the right, the double knees on the rope and hits just desserts, but that only gets a two. Nightingale hits a very big spine buster. Stack cover only gets her a two. She then hits a pounce and a cannonball senton, which was all great. <laughs> and tries to set up a suplex velvet canters it into a backstabber and a corkscrew kick for the victory the finish was just a little bit sloppy but this match was fantastic i think heel velvet's really good and i'm so excited more willow nightingale please she's very good yeah she is uh i will say this corkscrew kick i i think it's gotta go i i think it number one she's too small for it to look super impactful and it's not, that's not a knock on her. She just, she's a, a tiny lady. And that it just, it, it's where this is pro wrestling. It's not like you can't, you can slow, it's in slow motion. I bet it looks cool, but like it, it kind of looked in slow motion is what I mean. Like the way that it, um, she, she had a move. What was her move before the final slice was her finishing move. I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but I thought she had a perfectly fine finisher before. Yeah, it just it I agree. Just, this didn't this one didn't feel like it finished a match. No, and especially against an opponent twice your size. Like that that doesn't uh, check out, but go on. This I thought the match was very good. Like the yeah. finish was a little weird, but I thought the match was very good. And more please more Willow Nightingale. Tony Nice is doing an interview backstage. He yells at the interviewer who's actually bothered to talk to him because like well, I'm the premier athlete which she introduced him at well, you should give me more respect you're out there talking with Hook and Danhausen like yeah she was told to interview Hook that didn't go well for her like why are you being a dick there's a, there there's no reason storybook or story wise for us to need to talk to Tony Nese right now come on smart Mark Sterling says that what he needs is better representation and has them walk and talk. I'm for this. Tony Nese is a guy who I think even a manager who's like a comedy manager, like it isn't hurting Jade Cargill. 
No, it's not. Uh, no. And <laughs> to be to like, even be on the same screen as Jade Cargill, I feel like it, it boosts Tony Nese's stock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just me. But like, I've always been a fan of Tony Nese in the ring. He's very talented. He mixes everything so well because he's a cruiserweight who's got power moves. He is a a convincing submission finisher, and he can fly too. Yeah, like he's the total package. He's got a good look. Just you know, he's just a guy who needs a bit more screen time. He's a very good heel, uh, and a manager. I think is a really nice move for him. Agreed. This might have been the best Mark Henry interview so far. Uh, Wheeler Yuta says that he's not afraid of of Mox anymore. He, he's you know had took embarrassing losses to him in the past. But he's not. He's ready. Uh, tonight, I earn your respect. He says, and Mox. With the, I had to write this down. It just took me a few attempts because Moxley talks like Moxley, but uh, just to say very quickly and very angrily, um, this ain't pure rules. Tonight I have one job: spill your guts all over the mat so we can find it exactly, finally, once and for all, what you're really made of. And yes, I agree, Mark Henry. At that point, it's time. That's been enough talk. Yeah, <laughs> and. Why am I even describing this main event? Yeah, it's it was a. If you are listening and haven't seen it, go. Don't listen to us anymore. I mean, listen to the end. We're close to the end of the podcast, so like, stick around. But go check this match out. It was. Here's the thing: was it the most perfect technical match of all time? No, but it was us. This is a star-making performance. Yeah. A real coming out party for Wheeler Yuta. And he's always like, it, what it takes is a guy who has talented enough, has enough of an interesting moves set, and can sell well enough to make everything look big, but still manage to fire back out of it. Um, I love the idea of him just jumping Mox before the, before the yes. match. Yes. That started everything up, and the crowd was just behind him from the start, and they did not stop. They fight in the crowd. They fight back in the ring. Uh, we get some brutal spots. Uh, Yuda gets stomped in the steel steps. We're... Do, I've always been one of those people that not a fan of blading. Been on the record that I don't... I think there's other ways aside from color to get people over on you. And Wheeler Yuda bled for this match i think it worked crowd yeah, oh, was yeah. so behind him yeah man um back from the great break he is way more cut open and of course mox is going to target it all kinds of stuff in this we got a top rope splash through a table we got a suplex city attempt which gets count only gets two of them yuda is stomped out by mox he hits a flying splash later. Both of these guys locking cross faces. Uh, Yuta using some of um, Mox's submission moves in part of this. Mox is biting the open wound while they're up on the top rope, but Yuta starts clawing into his back, uh, just giving him everything right back. Um, he's calling for strikes from Mox, which it's never a good idea, but you know it's definitely uh, an interesting one. Uh, paradigm shift, Yuta kicks out of it. 
uh, later hits the elevated paradigm shift after a running knee, still a near fall. This match doesn't end until uh, the bulldog choke is locked in at the end and Yuta ends up passing out. This was fantastic. Regal comes out, looks like he's going to kick him. Yuta's calling for him to just to, to hit him and ends up extending a hand. We get a handshake. And Mox in the po- er, after the, the, as they're signing off, uh, said now the real work begins. So it looks like Willer Yuta is a part of uh, Blackpool. Was it again Blackpool Combat Club? Yes. Um, you know what this makes me want? Another freaking freaking trios belts. No, man, we're getting more. We're getting more guys. This is going to be bigger than NWO. I'm gonna. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm gonna give this show four and a half. You made me do this, Dan Lambert. This should have been a five show. Dan Lambert, you made me do this. Four and a half. Get him off my screen. Please, please. Uh, Kyle, this is uh, this has been great. It's been great to finally get back to AEW. We took time off for the Olympics, then we took time off for WrestleMania, and we didn't have much in between that either. So we are full back in full swing with Wednesday Night Wallop. I mean, I'm not fully coherent yet but i mean we're getting there by next week i should be healthy and uh ready to be more enthusiastic and not so all over the place uh kyle why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to all the wednesday night wallop shows where they can find us on the social media twitter at wn wallop instagram wn wallop facebook search wednesday night wallop guess what that's us uh you can find us search wednesday night wallop on youtube as well um, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Legendary KJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. If you are interested, uh, also uh, feel free to follow at A-S-P-W-A Wrestling. We're going to, as we get started with that, if you are interested in the uh, WWE 2K22 content, uh, we'll have some stuff posted there. And also on our main at WMWallup Twitter channel as well. Rylan, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle, it's been great to get back into this with you. Why don't you send the people home happy? <laughs> uh, Dan Lambert has been fired. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening at the end. We appreciate each and every one of you who did that, and you have been walloped. Good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.